Hello there and happy holidays. This is Jessica O'Reilly. You're listening to Sex with Dr. Jess, the podcast with me, your friendly neighborhood sex and relationship expert. If you don't know my work, my focus is on compatibility in relationships and how you can become compatible because you don't find a compatible partner. You have to work to be a compatible partner and teach your partner as well. Now the holiday season is upon us, which means that the temperatures are dropping. We're drinking eggnog. If you're over in my neck of the woods, people are rushing out and making plans, cooking, baking, spreading cheer. Okay, maybe that's just me. I'm the one who walks down the street smiling and humming jingle bells. And we're all out there shopping, and this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. See how I spared you my singing there? You know I wanted to sing that to you. I'm going to do it. The most wonderful time of the year. Okay, everybody's going to tune out, so I stop. I know I'm tone deaf, but I sound great to myself. So this is supposed to be the most wonderful time, but for many of us, it really is the total opposite. We are stressed. We are exhausted. We are cold. And this stress and exhaustion takes a really serious toll on our relationships. We argue more. We nitpick, we have less sex. And it's high time we change our habits. And for once, have a harmonious holiday season. So today, we're going to talk about how to fight less over the holidays and into the new year. I have some practical tips for you, but first, I'm going to be chatting with Dr. Oren Amate, a registered psychologist. He teaches human sexuality at Ryerson University. We go way back, and he has a very interesting story. And what I love about Dr. Amate, besides the fact that he's bright and very, very empathetic, and I know my clients love him, what I like is that he and I don't always agree. I remember once having a conversation about texting and relationships and how I think it's really useful to use texting when resolving a disagreement and he was saying he doesn't agree and I like that we were on opposite sides of the fence because this makes our conversations all the more rich. So welcome to the show. Are, are you there, Doc? Yes, thank you very much, Jess. Uh, Dr. Jess, I always enjoy talking to you. Happy to have you here. So fighting over the holidays. Why do we fight more over the holidays? Is it the eggnog? Is it the thought of having to sit through dinner with cousin Tom or Trudy, or is it that the holidays are just no longer fun? Well, first of all, uh, you're cutting in and out, so I'm, if I miss anything, I apologize, but I'm only hearing part of it. So uh, we're not going to let that interfere with our relationship, <laughs> so we're going to get through this smoothly. Um, I would say it's all of the above, and what people have to recognize is that holidays can be really triggering for people because, you know... You, you're going back to your place of origin. You're going back to your family. And as much as, you know, we would like to be walking down the street with a, you know, smile on our face, uh, singing the song like you were doing, um, you know, it really is. <laughs> and by the way, you didn't sound tone deaf at all. It sounded very nice. So, um, you know, it, it's very, it's very stressful for people to go back home, deal with unresolved issues, longstanding issues, when people have this artificial expectation that they're supposed to have a great time. But families often bring out the worst in us. And that's what causes a lot of stress um, between couples because each of them is dealing with their family. And there's also the issue of 
you know, trying to negotiate spending time with each side of the family. Right. We're all trying to avoid our own. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. That's a really good point. And I actually didn't think about that is the fact that we have these unresolved issues. If they're underlying for 10 or 20 years, many of us have no intention of resolving them. So sometimes we think we're angry because our partner brought home the wrong the wrong size turkey or they're not helping with the dishes but we're really nervous about these family visits aren't we right and that's so important because yeah we displace um, you know some anger or frustration or fear that we're not even aware of so i always tell people the best way to get through the holiday season with a partner is it might sound a bit silly but you you have to explicitly sit there and say look we're on the team Each person is not one more stressor on the checklist of all the things you have to deal with. That person is going to be your partner. They're going to be your teammate. They're going to help you get through the holiday season. And if you explicitly say that at the beginning and several times throughout, you have a better chance of not, unfortunately, misdirecting all these negative feelings toward them. That's such a good idea. I'm going to do that, actually. We're we're celebrating uh, the holidays early. You know, in blended families and if if you have a partner, there are so many different family celebrations. So I have two already. And it's the it's still the middle of December. So I'm going to do that with my partner actually this weekend and remind ourselves that we're a team. Is there value in saying it out loud? There really is because, you know, it's it's just it's a reminder, you know, and and so many times uh, people assume that their partner is thinking or feeling something. And if you're in a kind of a negative uh, headspace, you might be assuming uh, the wrong thing. So if you explicitly say it to each other, it's just a reminder, puts it out there and says, look, we have to get through this together. This should be the this could be the best time of the year rather than, you know, like four or five, ten different war zones that you have to go that's, through. That's really, really great advice. Now, what about couples who are spending their very first holiday together. Maybe it's their first time traveling over the holidays, going to meet a, meet family. How can they avoid their first kind of holiday fight? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, now you have to be mindful that the other person, and of course it depends on both the family dynamic and the relationship, but a lot of times um, a person meeting their partner's family is extremely stressful to them. They want to make a good impression, yeah. or maybe the uh, the person's family is not the greatest. Maybe they can be rude, sarcastic. You know, they they might have an extremely different dynamic than the partners used to in their own family. And you know, and maybe what a family thinks they're just trying to be like, you know, hey, we're just welcoming them, so we swear a lot, we make fun of them, <laughs> we pick on them, and everything, right? So, and they're not used to that. It can feel really terrible and they don't feel empowered to say anything. So I always tell the partners, you've got to be really careful, you know, of, of how your family acts and you just, you have to be very sensitive to it. So you might be immune to it. You might be used to it. You might miss out 10 different things that your partner is feeling. And, and then they feel that, you know, you kind of threw them under the bus or you weren't there for them. So, you know, I think if the, if you know that your family has certain tendencies, A, you tell it to your partner, B, be, you know, again, be sen- be aware that your partner might say things that you don't recognize or you don't want to recognize about your family, and you're the one who's got to step up. And if you see something inappropriate or if your partner tells you something's going on, try to intervene so that your partner doesn't walk away thinking, I just had 35, you know, family members gang up on me and my partner wasn't even there for me. I have seen so many relationships get ruined after a bad first impression, and it's often during the holidays. Okay, this, this brings up a really interesting topic to me, which is, standing up for your partner. So I am of the belief that no matter what happens, you have to be what you mentioned a moment ago, 
you have to be a team. So sometimes I hear people say, well, I don't want to get in between my wife and my mother-in-law. And my thought is, you're not in between. You've got to stand by your, your partner, whether it's a wife or husband, spouse, whatever. You've got to stand by their side. And behind closed doors, you can tell them, hey, maybe you could reconsider this point. But what, what do you think of that? Do you think you should stand up for your partner to your family? You know what? I always say that. And I've dealt, you know, I don't care how old the, the couple is. You know, it's always the responsibility of the person whose family has done something or has, you know, a perceived slight or a real mm-hmm. slight. Yes, they always stand up to their partner. And to expect the partner to, you know, to, for themselves to stand up to a mother <laughs> or father or brother-in-law or whatever else, that's ridiculous. And it's a, it's a cowardly act. So, yes, you stand up. And here's the other thing, though. And I've seen this happen too often um, where the person in the middle, so let's say it's it's me, my pe- my family does something, you know, crappy to my wife. And so I talk to my family, I talk to my wife, I try to mediate, and whether I'm just very unskilled in this or whether I'm uh, unconsciously sabotaging (laughs) things, I say things to each person that the other person told me that I shouldn't have said. People okay, please don't disclose what the other person, you know, what the family member or your partner said. Don't disclose to the other side because it's only going to cause more trouble and you get caught in the middle. Yeah, that's a really good point. You don't have to share everything with your partner. Right. You, you know, and, you know, if, if there's certain things that have to be addressed, then, you know, don't think, well, full disclosures, you know, total honesty. No, there's a time and a place for everything. Maybe get, get, uh, kind of convey the gist of an issue, uh, soften it up, make it so that it doesn't, you know, feel like a sledgehammer to the person's uh, face, uh, when you tell them and recognize that they are going to take it much more differently than you might expect because it's a special person who's tell you know, who's conveying this message. So if you think if a mother-in-law, or father-in-law or whoever says this to you, it, it can crush the person or it can cause great resentment and anger. And so you've got to really be sensitive to these different family dynamics uh, at, between themselves and how they relate to your partner. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I was talk- we were talking about couples who have just met and are spending their first holiday together. But even for couples who have been together for 10, 15, 20 years, I know I'm in this category. Sometimes I just get chippy at this time of year. You know, sometimes I just find that I get irritable. I know this weekend I'm cooking two big meals for two separate families. And if you come into my kitchen space, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I might bite your head off. So what what advice do you have for people like me where I know ahead of time that I can get a little bit irritable? How do I stop myself from starting something unnecessarily? Well, it's hard to st- it's hard to stop yourself from starting. We have to be, you know, kind of accepting of the fact that we might kind of get triggered, rubbed the wrong way, or whatever else. So, you know, if if we put that pressure on ourselves, say, no, we got to be cheery the whole time. We're basically setting ourselves up for defeat. So, what you have to do is, you know, be in tune, be mindful that you can, you know, be susceptible to overreacting or being oversensitive, and you know, so when you recognize that it's, it's happening, kind of step backwards. Uh, and it sounds silly, but it's an old saying, like you count to 10 or something like that. So before you say what you want to say, bite your tongue, hold your breath, count to 10 or something else, um, because it's going to most likely come out the wrong way if you do say something. It's better to just keep it in. But this goes back to what we said earlier. If you feel that I've got to keep it in for my partner, even though I'm dealing with a hundred different things and half of them are for his family, and now I can't even say this to him, you're going to feel even more resentful to him. So if you say to your partner, look, again, open communication in this case where you say, I might be a little bit chippy or whatever else. So if I, if I start with you, if I say something, please don't escalate. 
You hold your breath. One of us has to be, be able to hold our breath count to 10 or whatever. Otherwise, we're going to spiral downward into a pretty ugly fight. And I don't want my resentment toward your family or my family or the holiday season or Black Friday, you know, to to kind of cloud what could be a great time. Yeah, that's that's actually really good advice. And I really appreciate that you're saying I don't have to be cheery all the time. I think a lot of the time, women in particular, we feel we need to hold everything together and we just want everyone to get along. And the reality is, we can't. <laughs> I, I know you have to go. I know that you don't have a lot of time. You're a busy man. This is really great advice. I'm going to ask one last quick question. In your experience, is there something specific that couples who fight less or fight more effectively or less intensely, is there something that they do why their fights are less frequent and less intense? Um, I would say that uh, they actually talk about what's going on. And we're not talking about the big fights. They talk about the daily things because most times the fights that we see, uh, you know, you, it could be about. It looks like it's about garbage, but it's really not about that. Well, it may be about garbage, but not the garbage that you think. It's not taking out the garbage. It's garbage that's been lingering for many months or years. It's unresolved. So you know, it triggers somebody. It's it's often resentment. Okay, the number one thing that I see in couples uh, that that can be so easily triggered is a sense of resentment. And again, it's often something that has nothing to do with what you're dealing with in the moment. It's just that, you know, if it hasn't been resolved, then the person says the wrong thing. And it just a whole cascade of memories comes flying out. And, you know, it, it starts devolving into something that has nothing to do with what, what you originally started. So the, the, the other partner sitting there going, what the hell happened? You know, I asked a simple question, suddenly, <laughs> bam, you know, she came at me or he came at me. So I've always found that couples that can really address the issues ongoing, you know, in an ongoing manner, not having a weekly, okay, let's have our three-hour meeting and resolve. It's not that. It's just being able to communicate even the small things, deal with the small things. That way they don't compile and, you know, and then all come at once, like, you know, shotgun sc uh, scatter, um, you know, when something gets triggered. Right. You're, you're, it's kind of preventative medicine, in other words. Exactly. You, you deal with them as, as they occur. And, and even if they don't, if you don't deal with it right then and there, you know, be mindful that, you know, if, if you're carrying around certain uh, resentment, don't be afraid of it. By the way, uh, Dr. Jess, so many people hear the word resentment and uh, with my patients, they go, but, but I love my partner. I can't resent them. It's like, that's not the same thing. Resentment just simply means, you know, you upset me and, uh, or you, I think you did something, did me wrong somehow and I'm upset about it. That's all it is. So yeah, you can resent your children. You love your children. Yeah. I always say that I'll take a bullet for at least one of them. The other two, eh, not so sure. Okay. But for one, I'll take a bullet for her, but I resent her all the time, you know, but, uh, I just don't let it eat away at me and I don't let it fester into something worse than it originally was. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can my followers and listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at docamite.com. So D-O-C-A-M-I-T-A-Y.com. And uh, there's lots of links to different media appearances that I do. Uh, if they want to get in touch with me, my contact information is there. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, I'd love to hear from them. Okay, excellent. Thanks again for your time. I really appreciate your advice. All right, folks. That was really interesting. I thought his uh, really specific suggestions were really helpful. What I'd like to do is get a summary of them and post them below the blog so you can print it out or read it through because I know that listening, sometimes you can't take it all in. But those I was really impressed with those answers. And I interview and chat with a lot of people. So there's a reason that uh, Dr. Amate does so well. And I'm always happy to uh, send more clients his way because people walk away with happier, healthier relationships after working with him. 
So we've got some really great advice here and I'm going to add to the pile. We agree on many things and I have some other practical tips so that you can fight less this holiday season and in the new year. And maybe these tips are for me. Maybe these are really things that I need to work on. Anytime I'm writing advice for other people, I realize, oh, Jess, you do that and you don't do that. And the shoemaker's children ish are always shoeless. So got to work on this. So number one, if you want to fight less this holiday season, cancel plans. Pick one party, one dinner, one event, one shopping trip and cancel it. Knock someone off your guest, guest, your gift list. All right, cross someone off. I did this today. One seven-year-old girl in my family is getting one less gift from me. I know I'm terrible, but she'll be okay. Life goes on. I'm not saying you have to pick on the children. I also bailed on a party last night. I mean, these parties are so big. And I save my, I've saved myself one trip to the store. You are overbooked. All right, that's part of why you fight so much. I could be wrong, but most of my clients and listeners are very busy people. And one thing that is, I think, scary that many of us, yours truly included, we wear our busyness as a badge of honor. We brag about being busy to our own detriment. And with all the couples I work with, all around the world. And remember, I'm working with couples from Texas and Warsaw, Vienna and Lagos, Nigeria. I see this universal pattern across the world. They complain that they don't have enough time and they don't have enough time together. And this lack of time takes a toll on the way we communicate. We bark orders. We're abrupt. We don't stop to say good morning, to say thank you to look our partner up and down and say, you're beautiful. And this lack of time takes a toll on our patience. We snap at one, uh, one another over every little tiny thing. It takes a toll on our affection. We rush out of a hug. I find myself doing this. I love a good hug, but I find that I'm like, all right, all right, I gotta go, I gotta go, I'm running late. And this lack of time takes a toll, of course, on our sex drive. We don't have time to eat well, sleep soundly, and exercise to keep our hormones in balance. And it takes a toll on our sex lives overall because after a 10-hour workday, maybe a workout at the gym, a three-hour work dinner, a few hours with the kids, we don't have the physical or emotional energy to have sex. And this busyness intensifies over the holiday season. We really overcommit because, you know, who doesn't like parties and open bars and excuses to dress up, but you don't want all of these indulgences at the expense of your relationship. We argue more because we're stretched thin. So cancel something now. Like I said, I crossed someone off my shopping list, not getting that gift. Uh, I bailed on a party last night that I was supposed to attend. And come on, they didn't miss me. Well, the bartender probably missed me, but there were probably 200 people there. They will, life will go on without Jess. Same thing for you, unless maybe you're way more important than me. <laughs> so number one, cancel plans. Number two, if you want to fight less, go to bed angry. I actually wish that I had Dr. Amate on the line to, to see if he agreed with me or, or disagreed on this. But I say, 
Go to bed angry. I don't mean get yourself angry in order to go to bed. That doesn't work. But the old adage, never go to bed angry, just doesn't apply in households in which you both work, raise kids, help with extended family, work out, volunteer, and you know, if you're like me, try to wash your hair at least once every 10 days. We are busy and sometimes you go to bed angry. Time is a hot commodity. We don't have enough of it and we're not getting enough sleep. I would rather you go to bed angry and wake up refreshed enough to actually talk it over. Because when you're sleep deprived, you're more likely to start a fight. You're less empathetic. You're less rational. Your problem solving and memory abilities, they plummet. You fly off the handle. Basically, when you're sleep deprived, you are like a drunk. And I was reading that research shows that sleep deprivation affects the body the same way drinking alcohol does, all right? So when you have been awake for 17 hours, your level of alertness is similar to having a blood alcohol concentration of 0.05. So it's like you've been drinking and you haven't even got to put your lips on that glass yet. So sometimes you're gonna have to go to bed angry. It's okay, you can resolve it the next day. Next, to fight less this holiday season. This is my favorite one and I have to do this. I'm planning to do it on, uh, on Tuesday, I think is the day. I'm gonna put it in my calendar. Get up 15 minutes early and cross something off of your partner's to-do list. I don't mean like actually go to the to-do list and cross it off, that doesn't help, but actually do it and then cross it off their list or let them know that they've done it. This really addresses the acts of service love language. And even if this is not your partner's dominant love language, they will still reap the rewards, feel important, and feel loved if you go out of your way to take one of their chores or their tasks or commitments. Next, here's a practical one. Limit how much you drink and eat during the holiday season. Keep up some part of your regular routine because when you break your routine, it throws everything off balance. Sometimes we fight because we're tired, because we didn't sleep well. Sometimes we, 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 you know, we had one too many eggnogs and we're not working out because it's the holidays. So our hormones are thrown off. Our mood is thrown off. This is an easy fix. Tonight or this weekend or whenever you go to your holiday parties, have one less mini quiche or one less helping of stuffing. Eat one less slice, one fewer slices of pie. And when it comes to drinking, drink one la one fewer bottle. No, just kidding. What you know, <laughs> cut back by a glass of wine and you'll be more yourself and less likely to start a fight. And finally, and actually doc Dr. Amate uh, made a suggestion similar to this one. If you do get into a little fight, use one word before every single sentence when you're arguing. And that word, every time you speak, start with, hmm, that's right. Okay, just hmm, <laughs> as you exhale, not hmm, like H-M-M-M, -M -M, like three M's, like hmm, with six M's, slowly exhale, and this tiny trick serves two purposes. It forces you to pause before responding, 
And as you exhale slowly and purposefully, the chemical changes in your body help you to relax. You breathe out all that waste, that carbon dioxide, you breathe out the nitrogen, slow down. So there you have it. We've got five simple tips. The first is that you need to cancel one of your holiday plans if you're overbooked. The second is accept that sometimes in the context of a busy lifestyle, you will go to bed angry. Number three was, oh, get up 15 minutes early and cross something off of your partner's to-do list. Next, have one less drink and one less serving so that you're in, you're not as far away from your regular routine. You're not feeling, you know, sluggish. And finally, if you do get in a fight because it happens, use that magical little word, hmm. <laughs> and I know it almost sounds like it would be condescending. If that one doesn't work for you, you can just do a, ah, a little bit of an exhale. That, folks, is all the time we have for today. My name is Jessica O'Reilly. You can find me everywhere at Sex with Dr. Jess. This episode has been brought to you by the Desire Cruise Venice foreplay. I am heading out on international waters, leaving out of Venice, Italy, heading to Bologna, Havar, all around the Mediterranean and Croatia in September of 2017. Now this is a couples only clothing optional. I can't wait. And I've been learning some cruise words, flagstaff, poop deck, and a bunch of other really funny ones, um, scuttlebug, so I need to brush up on my sailor language before I head out on this beautiful cruise with Desire Resorts and Desire Cruises. So please check them out online. That's all the time we have for today. So I will talk to you all next week. Have a very, very beginning of the... I'm going to have to do that again. Have a very, very happy beginning of the holiday season. <laughs>